0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Gaia.com, the on-demand streaming TV service that helps you achieve your highest potential at your convenience. To get your first month at only 99 cents, visit gaia.com forward slash My7Chakras. My7Chakras, episode 216. Forget
1: what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. The 7 Chakras
0: Aditya Jai Kumar.
1: Kumar
0: What's up Action Drive AJ here your friend and the voice behind the mic at My7Chakras, the show where we love to uncover the mysteries of life and provide you actionable steps that you can take right away to transform your life. So if you've recently stumbled upon a new way of living, then stand by because you have arrived at your destination. Now let's listen to a recent iTunes review written by Murray KV entitled, Very Inspiring and Authentic. Murray writes, After having an awakening, I went on podcast and searched on ancient wisdom in your series I've now heard four episodes and I love them and I'm implementing the tricks. Tips in my everyday life. Thanks for doing this series. Very, very impactful and valuable and very well facilitated. Action Drive, I know that there are no coincidences and that you've been guided to listen to my show. So if you want to inspire others, like you've been inspired by this message, if you want others to find out about our show, then write an iTunes review because that's the best way to take action. To write your review, simply go to the iTunes podcast page where you found our episode, hit the review button, and then hit write a review. And then you can write your heart out, share your thoughts thoughts, views, or experiences for me to read because you never know who you might inspire by your uh, iTunes review. They listen to the episode and it changes their lives, right? So every review matters. And with that out of the way, it is time to bring on our featured guest for today, who is Melissa Mintz. So Melissa, are you ready to inspire?
1: Yes, I'm ready.
0: Great. So Melissa Mintz is an energy medicine healer and author who's located in Atlanta, Georgia. She's always uh, drawn to healing as a child. But in her mind, this, healing, this inner healing meant medical school. She finished her pre-med and graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Nuclear Medicine. Then one hot summer a day in june 2003 she walked into a bookstore a woman was waiting for her at the door this is a book that is called the reconnection by dr eric pearl the woman said as she placed the book in melissa's hands the rest as they say is history and we're going to uncover more about what happened what is energy healing and so many different exciting and fascinating topics that you just know is going to Unfurl as we proceed in today's interview. So, Melissa, welcome to My Seven Chakras.
1: Well, thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you to the listeners. I look forward to the show.
0: Great. So, we always begin the show with some inspiration, and the way that we look at inspiration is in the form of an inspirational quote. So, what quote do you have for us today, and how do you apply that quote in your life?
1: I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And I love this quote. This quote really resonated with me and it made me more conscious of how my actions and my words make people feel. We create an emotion, positive or negative, when we think about the people in our lives and we don't try to do this. We just do this naturally, whether it is our friends, our family members, our boss, our co-workers, acquaintance, neighbors. And a mental exercise that I like to do from time to time is just to think about the people in my life and i think about how i feel when i think of them and mentally i'll just place a happy face or a frown by their name and this way i'm making a conscious effort to spend time with people that are supportive and loving and encouraging and positive and that i am spending my time with the people who in their company i feel good about myself and so I choose to spend time with the people who are on my happy face list.
0: Wonderful. So Action Tribe, every word, no matter what word it is, has an emotional response on you. So you react positively or negatively to a particular word that is said by somebody who you meet or maybe your friend or family member. And like we're finding out today, people forget the word that you said, but they'll never forget how that word impacted them in other words how you made them feel so i think this is a really uh, powerful and very eloquently put uh, statement and thanks for sharing melissa my question to you is what is your definition of energy medicine
1: my definition of energy medicine is to use energy as the medicine to use energy to heal and Readers, uh, you know, people don't know this, and and readers who read my book do because I talk about my day job, and I'm actually a pharmaceutical sales rep by day, and I've been doing this for 30 years, and many of my clients think this is some strange dichotomy. They think of these drug companies as evil monsters because it's a symptomatic approach, but we also use herbal therapy and vitamins to treat symptoms as well. Oftentimes, if people have depression and Use St. John's Ward, or um, their knees bother them, they may take glucosamine. So it's not really about, you know, are these drug companies evil, this, you know, conventional versus holistic medicine. It's about combining both of them and and finding out where we have a benefit from each. But Mm -hmm. energy medicine is holistic healing, and I refer to it as holistic healing as a simpler way to heal because it is non-invasive. It's pain-free, and generally there's zero deaths. So it's using source energy, and this is the energy that we all have access to. And it's funny, the first thing that people say when I say I I work with energy, the first thing they say to me is, well, where does the energy come from? Mm -hmm. And the energy is universal energy, and this is the energy that's all around us. And universal energy is the base energy from which everything is derived. The plants, flowers, trees, rocks, animals, mountains, oceans, everything that you can think of, everything in existence from the billions of galaxies to the vast infinite universe is comprised of this universal energy. And then if you think of, you know, is it here all the time? When did it come here? Well, if we know that universal energy is the source energy from our creator then it's always been here. It has no beginning and it has no end. And if universal energy... Um, is from our creator, then we know that it's infinite. And not only do we use this energy to heal ourselves, but we can also use this energy to shape and mold our lives Mm -hmm. and use this energy to heal ourselves and heal others.
0: Wonderful. So again, what comes to my mind right now is uh, like the quote goes, you cannot create nor destroy energy. You can just convert it from one form to the other. And you know, you know, from the Big Bang, when, you know, the planets were created and the stars and the galaxies and the universes, over time, you know, some of that cooled down and then you had these microscopic cellular animals that evolved and became fish and then over a certain period of time mammals and, you know, evolution brought us here to human beings. But ultimately, if you really think about it, we are stardust. Like they say, we are part of the Big Bang, uh, you know, that really uh, emitted these, um different particles across the space and is expanding continuously so we in effect action tribe are pieces of stardust because like they say you can't create nor destroy energy you can just transmit it or transform it from one form to another now melissa uh you, you said that energy works on a physical mental and emotional level as well right
1: right and that's what i refer to in my book excuse me your energy is showing as the trinity of health or the triad of wholeness you know one thing about conventional medicine is it doesn't really acknowledge that we're physical emotional and spiritual beings and the reason why i say this is that i refer to our current medical practice as more of a frankenstein medicine meaning that they're just treating Body parts, and we know this is true because we have head doctors, we have feet doctors, we have heart doctors, we have bone doctors, you know, we have digestive tract doctors. They don't really treat us as the entire person, Um, they're just treating a body part and a symptomatic approach, and they also don't acknowledge that our mind has anything to do with our body. I thought it was very interesting that I was having um, lunch with my pharmaceutical sales job with a neurologist. And he came into the lunch and he started, you know, mumbling, what a lunatic, what a lunatic. And I said, who's a lunatic? I just wanted to make sure he wasn't talking about me. Maybe he didn't like the chicken that I brought. And he said, my patient my patient's a lunatic and he said i've had this cold for 3 months and a patient gave me this book that said you can heal your body with your mind and and so i asked him a question and i said do you believe that your mind has anything to do with your body and he exclaimed of course not and i wanted to say to him then how do you explain the placebo effect because our mind our emotional state is the most powerful medicine that we can have our mind is writing the prescription, and our body is the pharmacy filling that prescription. All our thoughts and emotions and words and actions, that's all energy. And our mind is that software that's running our body um, and creating.
0: Got it. So uh, when you you say mind, are you referring to the subconscious mind or is it the conscious mind?
1: Well, actually both. Um, You know, even our subconscious mind has an effect on our body. And oftentimes when I've had a client Um, During the healing session, sometimes uh, a memory, a long buried memory may come up to the conscious mind to be healed, but that long, long buried memory is still affecting the health. So that vibration is still within them, and our body is still responding.
0: Got it. So could you you give us an example of a person who has had that long-weighted memory deep in the subconscious, and the person probably has forgotten it, but is still experiencing some form of challenge as a result of that memory that is blocked in the subconscious?
1: Yes, and I actually had a a client that came to me um, with uterine cancer, and during the session, at the end of the session, she said, oh my gosh. I just thought of something, and she said during the session, a long buried memory of her mother dying in childbirth, and she said when she was a child, she missed her mother so much, she would always say, I hate my uterus, I hate my uterus, because that's where the baby came from, and she would say, I hate that part, and then when she learned, you know, more about, you know, the reproductive system, and she said she totally forgot about that, but that's just showing words and thoughts are very powerful, and that was part of the healing process you know all that anger is creating that and when that comes to the surface when you have a shift in awareness and a shift in consciousness you have a shift in vibration and you shift the body very quickly it's like somebody saying oh my gosh that person is such a pain in my neck over and over and putting that in and all of a sudden they develop a pain in their neck um, so our thoughts are very powerful.
0: So in the example that you shared, was it the mother's words that are affecting that of the child?
1: You know, it wasn't in that situation. It was it was the daughter growing up and realizing she lost her mother to childbirth and then she grew up saying, I hate my uterus and developed uterine cancer. But I mean, that's a great question in that our thoughts and our emotions and food has vibration and medicine has vibration and the music we listen to has vibration and the stress we have has vibration. Certainly all that affects our unborn child. Um, so it is important, you know, for women who are pregnant to to be aware of their thoughts and to reduce stress um, because that energetic imprint certainly is transferred to the fetus that's developing.
0: Got it. So uh, I'm curious, how do you go about uh, identifying what is that long varied memory that might or might not be stuck in your clients? Is there a process that you follow
1: you know that's a good question and i don't follow a process and when i'm doing a, a healing session on a client basically i'm channeling the energy and it's as though i'm placing a three-way conference call with my higher self the client's higher self and the universe and this universal you know this source energy from our creator has intelligence. So I'm not directing the person gets the appropriate healing at that time in their life that they're ready for. And so maybe a future healing, you know, six months a year later may just be a totally different outcome because at that time in their life, they're again, again, having the appropriate healing for that time. So for this client, that was the appropriate healing that those, you know, buried memories in the subconscious need to come to the conscious mind to be healed because You know, that thought was very powerful. And when you're saying, I hate something, well, guess what? You know, the cells are listening. We can't, you know fake our thoughts to the cells all the cells have consciousness and every cell in our body every organ and structure in our body is listening and those cells change um to our internal environment and also they're reactive to our external environment as well
0: totally makes sense so based on what you're saying uh, and if i understand that correctly you're saying as the healer you're sort of like the conduit who's directing uh these higher vibrations into the patient's uh, or the client's uh, body and what happens as a result of this healing process is that this stuck, long, varied memory sort of bubbles up to the top as a process. And it's very intelligent in nature uh, because the, he- the, the energy knows exactly what needs to be healed or source knows what's to be healed.
1: Yes, I do. I actually act as a conduit for this energy. I'm not directing the energy. And when you introduce a higher vi- vibration, well, through entrainment, anything that's at a lower vibration now, and entrain means to establish a rhythmic relationship with this higher vibration. So... Introducing a higher vibration can correct these abnormal vibrations, and they can also elevate these lower vibrations to a higher vibration that these lower vibrations that are causing illness, deformity, and and sickness seem to vibrate out of the system as appropriate for each person, or these abnormal vibrations may actually correct themselves.
0: Got it. Now, you've graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Nuclear Medicine, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So what exactly is that, and what made you shift from that field to energy healing?
1: Well, I was always drawn to healing, and I thought, well, I guess that means I should go to medical school, so I prepared for that. I finished my pre-med at Ohio State, and then I got a degree in nuclear medicine, and nuclear medicine is a form of imaging. When people go to the hospital and they have an x-ray, they're getting an image of the bones. But nuclear medicine is also looking at the structure and how an organ functions. So it is a type of imaging, but it uses um, radioisotopes. And not only can you see the structure of the organ, but you can see the function of it as well. And You know, after that, it's funny how life changes. You think you have a plan, but then the plan seems to change, and it was unexpected for me. But after um, finishing my pre-med, I just had a feeling that medical school wasn't right for me, and I decided to, you know, get the degree in nuclear medicine, and I was doing an internship at a hospital and I started seeing all the sales reps coming in and talking to them and I thought you know maybe my personality is more geared for sales so I went into pharmaceutical sales and I've been doing that for about 30 years so um, it was in June of 2003 I just decided on a a beautiful saturday to go into a bookstore that i've been to on numerous occasions but i had a purpose that day i wanted to buy a book called you can heal your life by louise hay and i had two people in mind i wanted to give it to as a gift and the parking lot was packed i knew it would be crowded as it always was on a saturday they had people in the back rooms giving you know readings mm. and um reiki and so forth so as soon as i walked in there was a woman standing at the door waiting for me, and she placed a book in my hands, and she said, this is a book called The Reconnection by Dr. Eric Pearl, Heal Others, Heal Yourself. And that's kind of, I don't want to give too much away, it's kind of a spoiler alert, but it starts out the preface in my book, Excuse Me, Your Energy is Showing, and I talk about more about that day and um, who that woman was, but when I um, went back, to my house, I sat in my office and started reading that book, and I was about a third of the way through it, and it's as though it jogged a memory. It awakened a vibration deep within me, and I knew that I was meant to do this work, but I remembered that I do this work, and then one synchronistic event after another seemed to catapult me into this modality
0: of healing work. Got it. So, uh, love the synchronicities that you shared with us, uh, the fact that you you know, decided to go to the bookstore and you wanted to buy a particular book you wanted to buy, You Can Heal Your Life, and you knew that it's going to be very busy, very crowded because it was a Saturday, and then you open the door and somebody just handed over this book to you. So diving a bit deeper, uh, what exactly is reconnection?
1: Well, that's a term that Eric Pearl uses. Um, He decided the frequency that he's working with is different from other frequencies and different from Reiki, so he decided to give it a name, and reconnecting is about reconnecting back to our source energy, but for some reason the term reconnection really didn't resonate with me, and I just mm. refer to myself as an energy medicine healer, though I was, you know, taught by Eric. And I thought about it, and I realized why. It's because I always feel like I'm um, already connected to source energy, and I re- remember thinking, "How can I reconnect to something?" that I'm always already connected to. So for me, I think of it more as a realignment in that, you know, we're all from source energy. We're all part of this divine light. But over time, we've somehow become shifted away from this alignment for source energy. And all the modalities of healing, they essentially do the same thing where they help us to realign to get closer to this source energy. And that's how I think of it. I actually think of myself when I do these sessions really as a bridge. And the reason why I say that, when we think of a bridge, we think of something connecting one thing to another, usually a piece of land. But when you think about the purpose of a bridge, the purpose of a bridge is to facilitate movement. And that's what I feel like my role is during these healing sessions is to function as a bridge to facilitate movement so that people can realign and get closer in alignment with the source energy that we've shifted away from.
0: Got it. Now, reconnection is one thing, but you also do something called reconnective healing, right? Is that the same thing?
1: Right, right. Reconnective healing is actually what I was referring to. The reconnection is something different in that, you know, at one time we were connected to, um, you know, the grid lines of the entire universe that reached out and we could access the intelligence of the cosmos. But since we became disconnected from that energy, um, we've lost that connection. And what I describe it in my book is that it's like being connected to high speed internet where in the past we had that Internet connection, and we could access more light and more information, and then all of a sudden we became disconnected from this connection, and we felt unplugged, which is how most of us function now. But it is more of a gradual download because if you think of you know being download with a lot of information um, and a lot of energy at one time, our nervous system couldn't handle that, and that's why we have surge protectors. If you think of surge protectors. It's to prevent that, to prevent that surge of energy, um, because, you know, that wouldn't be handled. You'd blow out the switch or blow out the circuit, and we function the same way.
0: Got it. So is, is that what you're saying? You you help people reconnect to the grid lines of the universe once again?
1: Right. And what we do is we help that reconnection um, to the universe and to, you know, the ley lines of the planet. And there's two sessions. Each session is one or two days apart, and that's always done in person. And basically, we're drawing these energetic lines on the person's body to reconnect them to, you know, not only the lines of the planet, but the, the lines uh, circling the universe and all out to the cosmos to access that information and light.
0: And what can a person experience after the person is reconnected to these grids?
1: Well, all healing is a personal transformation, and meaning Ah, it is personalized and it's individualized. And all healing is individualized. It's not standardized. But I know for me, when I was reconnected, it actually changed my life. I feel like that was the best gift that I could have ever given myself. I realized my life purpose. I had an awakening uh, to my life purpose, I had higher intuition, I had a spiritual transformation, in addition to, you know, it's still another opportunity to participate with the energy. The difference between basically a healing session and the reconnection is the intent. During the healing session, it's the intention for the healing, the reconnection, it's the intention to be Connected, you know, to the ley lines around the planet, the universe, and have that access to increased light and information. So you're Mm -hmm. also removing energy blockages. But there could be all types of, you know, physical transformation as well.
0: So Melissa, as on today, are you able to see subtle energies like the aura and the chakras?
1: You know, I'm not one of these people that look at people and say, oh, you're, you know, your aura is purple, but I certainly perceive energy. Mm. My awareness and sensitivity is very heightened. When I talk, to people. I can perceive the energy of the person when I'm around people. Um, again, my sensitivity is very heightened and I can tell uh, basically what type of person they are, what their intentions are. And I think we all do that. Um, but it's just with practice and just with awareness. And I mean, you've probably walked into a room and and thought, oh my gosh, I don't like the energy here. I can cut the tension with a knife. You can feel the energy. And Even with, you know, the people that you interact with, even your friends, you act differently with each person you're around because your energy responds differently to the energy of that person. And so you may have one friend that's real playful and, you know, you're playful and funny and at ease and you may have another friend that you're around that you're much more serious or you may have another friend that you just can't wait to get away from him because you feel drained sometimes we function more like a therapist than a friend where we have these people in our life that they constantly complain and create all this drama but they never take action to change their situation and we feel different around different people there are some people we may feel uplifted and some we're just drained and you know, they're like energy vampires. They just suck the life out of us. Well, that's energy, and that's perceiving the energy. Whether we see it, um, we can perceive it. And, you know, in the past, people always thought energy was some invisible substance that only scientists cared about. But en- energy is a hot topic now. And every time I turn on the television, I hear a comment about energy, whether it's a sitcom or a reality show. I'll hear people say, oh, I didn't like his Energy, or I don't want to put that energy in the universe, or you know, his energy just was horrible. So people now are more aware of energy, and more aware of that energy is something real, and it's palpable, and we can perceive it, and mold it, and shape it.
0: Yeah. So, like you mentioned, uh, and you suggested that. Uh on a fundamental level, everyone's able to perceive energy, right? When someone enters a room or if you're with a friend that you really like, get along with, uh, have a strong rapport with versus someone who uh, maybe is like an energy vampire or, you know, sucks up your energy or maybe does not respect your time and space. But, Obviously, you as an energy healer have taken some further steps to develop your senses, right? So what steps did you particularly take in order to further hone your uh, uh, ability to perceive energy?
1: Well, one thing that we can do is always stay in the present moment because Mm -hmm. we have 60,000 or more thoughts a day and our mind is always cluttered and we're always thinking about the past and we're always thinking about the future and we're not even focused on the present. I mean, think of it, how many times have somebody sat on the couch watching TV and they eat a whole bag of chips and they think, did I just eat this? We're not even eating with mindfulness. Or we drive from point A to point B and we think, oh my gosh, how did I get here? You know, how am I still alive? I don't even remember driving here. It's amazing. I didn't have an accident. We're not even in the present moment we don't even pay attention anymore and the present moment is our power to create and if you stay in the present it increases your vibration you're aware of every moment you're aware of the people you're spending time with you're paying attention to the words that they use you're paying attention to their energy and so many times you know people will say something to us and we can tell the underlying tone we can tell how they mean it and that's because we're present with them and what i mean is somebody could say something you know there's this stereotype of a southern woman you know making a nasty comment with a smile on her face you know so it's not meant to be mean but No matter, you know, a cutesy wink or a smile, we can tell somebody's intention if we're paying attention. We can tell if something's meant to be hurtful or if something's, you know, meant in a loving way and a supportive way. Way, and that's being in the present moment, and that's our greatest superpower because in that moment is our only power to create. If we're constantly thinking about something in the future, well, that's where our energy flows in some distant future, and if we're constantly worried about the past, then we're still connected to the past and we have no control. So, when we don't stay in the present moment of awareness, we're basically giving our power away. We're giving away our greatest superpower.
0: Well, I think that's that's a great, great uh, uh, recommendation and, and advice is being more mindful, right? Uh, because, like you've mentioned, you can either be in the past, present, or the future. But uh, in the future or in the past, we don't have much uh, power because it's either going to happen in the future where there's so much of uncertainty, or it's already past and you can't go back in time. But you have the most ability, the most power to create in the present moment. So. Uh, one of the most popular questions I get from our listeners is how do I become an energy healer? What are some of the steps that I need to take or what should I keep in mind in order to become an energy energy healer? So any advice?
1: yeah, well first of all, it's just a desire to become an energy healer and in my book, excuse me, your energy showing um, the book is divided into three sections energy, awareness, and love. and in the first section, I have a couple chapters of healing with energy and first thing you need to do is connect with this universal energy and how you do this is you know i'll give an example right now and i'll do it with the listeners but if you just rub your hands together i'm doing it now you can feel heat you may even feel tingling and then just play with the energy get used to connecting with this energy and what i'm doing is i have my palms facing each other they're about six inches apart And then you can move your palms about 12 inches apart and then move them closer together about six inches apart again. And you'll feel the energy contracting and you'll feel it expanding. And this is just a way to learn to connect with the energy because there's a universal truth and that energy flows where attention goes. So you're already thinking about this energy. You can feel it in your hands. And one thing that you can do is what I like to do sometimes if I'm lying in bed. I'll just let the energy travel and what I mean is I'm not directing it. I'll just let it flow where it should and feel the energy coming in my palms. Or let's say I at the gym and I pull a muscle in my shoulder, which I do from time to time, I'll actually mm-hmm. place sometimes I'll place my hand on my, my shoulder and just think about this universal energy healing and it's there. Universal energy is everywhere. So even if you don't think you're really feeling anything or feeling a little bit of subtle, you know, tingling or um, maybe feel like your hands are falling asleep, that energy is there and it's still working and people have used imagery to heal. So if you don't think, oh, energy can actually heal, um, well, people have just used imagery and just thinking of a certain body part healing, whether a ball of light there or just with intention to heal. So there's many different ways to connect with universal energy to heal, but I think what we're going to see in the future of medicine is where we understand that, you know, the patient and the healer are one. That we all have this ability to heal ourselves and heal others. This is our birthright to use this energy and even without, you know, doing the exercise that I did, try something like this. If you just focus your energy, focus your attention on an area of your body and start with your feet and just focus on relaxing your feet. And then moving the energy up and focus on feeling it to your knees and relaxing your knees and so forth. And that area just feels a little more relaxed. Well, that's connecting with the energy. That's real because the energy is flowing wherever you place your active attention.
0: This sort of reminds me of the ancient Chinese quote, Yi Dao, Chi Dao, which means where focus goes, energy flows. And as you are sort of relating these different exercises to us, uh, uh, I'm sure our listeners are taking notes and uh, finding ways or next steps in terms of how they can now take action and reconnect with the energy. Love the exercise that you shared about uh, rubbing your hands and sort of becoming more sensitive to the either attraction or repulsion that is between our hands and uh, uh, and and feel the energy, so to speak. But Melissa, do you have a hard time explaining energy healing to your relatives or maybe colleagues uh, at your workplace who are not so spiritually inclined?
1: I actually do that. Um, you know, I don't mention it very often because I'm there representing a drug company. But sometimes, you know, Especially if I have a lot more time with a customer, we're just talking about our families and other interests outside work. I may mention, oh, have you heard of energy healing or energy medicine? And it's always just dismissed with a hand Mm. wave or a laugh because people are conditioned to think in a certain way. and. You know, people in the medical field are conditioned to think, hey, you have to do these aggressive therapies and the options they usually offer their patients is surgery and drugs, oftentimes in that order. And it's funny to me because all that's energy. You know, medicine is energy, surgery is energy as well. And it is very difficult. They're usually not open to it. And even, but even outside the medical field, I found it surprising in that people think that it's not real and it's impossible. So what I tell people is, if you have a difficult time thinking how can energy heal, it's just energy. Well, then think of it in terms of healing with frequency or healing with vibration, because that's what I'm doing. I'm actually introducing a frequency. I'm introducing a vibration and every cell in your body is changing to that frequency and vibration and the thing is conventional medicine uses energy medicine all the time. They just don't think of it that way and you know orthopedic surgeons if they have a patient where the bone isn't healing they may use a both. Bone growth stimulator, introducing a low voltage frequency to help the bone and surrounding blood vessels heal. If uh, people have a heart condition, have a pacemaker, well, that's energy. That's providing a, you know, a frequency um, for the heart to beat. And all our diagnostic, you know, the x-rays, the MRIs, the CAT scans, they're all using energy for diagnostic tools and sound therapy. I had some... Somebody tell me the other day that the doctor used a uh, a frequency for sound healing to help a shoulder heal. So I think the issue is is not that they can't understand that frequency and vibration can heal. I think of this from time to time, and I thought if I used a machine, people think, "Oh, wow, what a great machine!" She's using frequency <laughs> to heal me. So maybe it's not really that frequency and vibration can heal maybe they just don't think that we have access to it and that another person can you know channel into this frequency and use it to heal another person
0: got it love that perspective it really makes sense now that i think about it uh, so melissa thanks a lot for sharing all these stories that you've shared with us thus far and the insight and the research that that you've uh, that you've shared based on what we've discussed today what is that one action step that you'd like to recommend for our listeners
1: well the one action step i think would be you know pay attention to your vibration because you're constantly creating your life and it's important to think you know what are your thoughts about what are your default thoughts about because even when we're not thinking it's time to think of ourselves as a field of energy. We're walking, talking, thinking, field of energy, broadcasting who we are in every moment of our existence. So if you don't like your life, you have the power to change it. And the first way to do that is be aware of your thoughts. And one of the easiest way to do that is, you know, when you wake up in the morning, think about what you're thinking about. If, if you get out of bed and you think, I hate my life, I hate my job, nobody loves me, then you know that that's pretty much your default vibration if on a scale of One to ten, and one being joy, love, gratitude, appreciation, and ten being, you know, grief, fear, depression, hopelessness, you know, you're pretty close down to probably a seven, eight, or nine, and you've got a lot of work to do to raise your vibration. And so, you know, it's just being aware, and the fastest way to increase your vibration and to change you know your day just focus on that present moment is to live your life with gratitude and one way to do that is think of things to be grateful for and you don't have to walk around muttering to yourself all day thoughts or energy you know what a beautiful day or i'm thankful this register line is short gosh there's no traffic you know today Um, I love my dog. I'm so grateful I have a job. You know, just think of things to be grateful about and not only changes your vibration to a more positive vibration and you'll attract other circumstances and experiences of a higher vibration, but you'll create a new habit of, of looking at the positive and to be thankful for what you already have. Because if you're not grateful for what you have in your life, then you're not going to have anything else to be grateful for because that's, you know, what I refer to as the law of attention. We've already talked about, you know, energy flows where attention goes. Well, when you're grateful for things, how that works is the universe brings you more things to be grateful for. The cycle keeps continuing until you lower your vibration
0: so action tribe to access the show notes for today's episode and to revisit the main points that you've heard on this episode visit my7chakras.com forward slash 216 that's my7chakras.com forward slash 216 and before moving on let's listen to a word from our sponsor gaia.com Do not go where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. This is a quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson, action taker. Challenges make you think. Challenges make you really introspect and make you smarter at times. And challenges make you creative. Because very often when we encounter a challenge, there is only one path that we see, the path that is right in front of us, maybe the logical solution in front of our minds. But if you really spend some time using our creative minds, using our subconscious minds, now we find out that there are many paths that we can take. And just like Ralph Waldo Emerson reminded us do not go where the path may lead, but instead go where there is no path and then leave a trail for others to follow. So Melissa, take us back to a time in your life when you had to go through a challenge, a major life challenge. How did you get into it in the first place? And then what steps did you take to overcome it? One of
1: the, the, I'd say the most stressful times in my life was back in 2003, ending a relationship. Um, A a 10-year marriage ended and it was very abrupt, very unexpected. And I was actually heartbroken at the time. And I had two small kids. And at that time, I had a job as a sales manager where I traveled quite a bit. I just thought my reality was shattered. I never saw myself getting divorced. I never saw myself being a single parent. And their dad was out of the picture, ended up moving to another state. And I realized that I I needed to change my life. I was forced to change my life. So I got another job um, as a sales rep where I didn't travel. And financially, I knew I needed to make some changes as well, because I went from two incomes to one income, and I still had the same amount of bills. And I think about that time now, and I kept thinking to myself, you know, when you're going through hell, I kept thinking of this quote, when you're going through hell, just keep going, you know, and just get to the other side. And I knew that eventually every day would get a little bit better. But, you know, now that I have that perspective, from that point in time, I realized how important that was that that needed to happen for me to have the life that I have now when you're in something, you know, you can't you can't see the big picture. It's like looking at something on a standard screen television and then as time goes by, it's like now you see the widescreen and you realize that needed to happen. If I was still in that relationship, I wouldn't have become an energy medicine healer. If I was still in that relationship, I wouldn't have started writing and it was my dream. i have been talking about since 1998 I first said gosh one day I would love to write a book and the writing and the healing it was such a gift of my time that I spent so much time doing that if I was still in the relationship I would have been focused on my time on my marriage on my time and energy instead of focusing my time and energy on creating this healing business and writing two books so I just kept on going and uh, remained positive and knew that this must be happening for a reason. And at some point in time, you know, the purpose of this will be a little more clear.
0: Got it. So as you look back at your life now, uh, in just one sentence, what is that one major life lesson that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Well, what I learned, and I do think about that, that what was it I really learned from that time? And the thing that I learned was let things play out because sometimes we always try and control a situation, and sometimes there's, you know, a purpose why that is happening, and the reason will be more clear later on. And we think of this, you know, we all experience this so many times, or how many times have we gone to a job interview, and we thought it was our dream job, and then we didn't get the job, and we were so disappointed. And then we did get the job that was really better suited for us, and the first thing we say is, thank goodness I didn't get that job. You know, or how many times have, you know, you looked for a house and you put an offer on the house and you lost out and you thought, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? That was the house I really wanted. And then a short time later, you know, a house came on the market and you thought, Oh my gosh, I really love this. Thank God I didn't get that other house. So sometimes you just have to let things play out and see where it goes. Because oftentimes when it does, you're in a much better position and much happier than where you were before when, um, when something happened and you thought it was the worst thing that ever can happen in your life and then you got through it and realized, oh my gosh... That needed to happen. Thank goodness that happened because I'm in such a better place.
0: Well, thanks a lot for sharing the story with you, Uh, even though going back in the past, especially to a time when things were not that easy, isn't isn't easy. Uh, But you told us that in 2003, you ended a 10-year marriage, which was really stressful and upsetting. The fact that you had two kids and a job that made you travel a lot made it even harder. And you were forced to change your life. You made many changes in your life, like the finances, you changed your job. And also, uh, you embarked on different pursuits that you really wanted to do early on. Uh, and, and love the quote, when you, what you shared, which was, when you're going through hell, just keep going. And uh, as you look back, Right now, uh, you realize that the journey that you went through was really required, but oftentimes we don't realize how important our journey is in the grand scheme of things. And we realize that only once we've crossed uh, the journey or maybe crossed the finishing line on the way to our next adventure. So in a way, the universe cleared your path and and made way for your new pursuits and your new adventure and your new life. So thanks a lot for sharing. I think that was really inspiring.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Wonderful. So Action Tribe, the biggest question that I get on the show from our listeners is how do I make my discipline or how do I make my practice a discipline? Uh, You know, I try something out, but then I lose interest and stop doing it. And my answer is that it is not easy. It's not easy making a change to your life. And the very fact that you are making efforts is phenomenal. Uh, To make anything a habit, you'll need to first schedule it in your calendar because like they say, unless it's scheduled, it's not happening. Secondly, make sure you do it every day for 21 days. They say that when you do something for 21 days, it becomes a habit. 21 days just has that effect on on us. And, and, And if your goal is meditating, even though you don't feel like it, make sure you at least turn up and meditate for a few minutes to reach your 21 days. And finally, ask your friend or family member to hold you accountable. Because sometimes we're a bit easy on ourselves when we set goals and we forget the goals that we've set. But having someone remind you not only makes it fun, but keeps... You in check also. It's powerful. And as always, keep taking action because as Aristotle once said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. So make sure you develop those habits. And Melissa, as on today, what is your life's calling?
1: Well, I know now that my life's calling is my healing work and my writing work. And the reason why I say that is because I know how I feel when I do both. And there's nothing that I have done in the past that I feel like my heart is singing as loud as it does. I, I feel like I'm helping people, I'm being of service, and it just gives me great joy um, and when I when I do the writing and the healing I just can't imagine not doing it and that's how I know that I'm doing just what I should be doing
0: and having said that we've arrived at the very last round for today which is called the wisdom round uh, comprises of four questions uh, which are basically action packed so that our listeners can take note and take action It's sort of like a rapid fire round but not not exactly <laughs> so. <laughs> The first question is, what is the best piece of advice that someone has ever given you in your life?
1: Just to go with the flow. And I think that's so important because life has gotten more and more stressful. We have more demands with family, with our jobs, with money, with health insurance, and we can't control everything that happens in our life, but we do have control of how we react and how we react to life and life circumstances. It's so important because, you know, what may may not phase one person, may cause another person to just totally lose it and have a full-blown anxiety attack. So sometimes it's just, you know, take a deep breath, try and center yourself and realize, you know what, it's easier just to go with the flow than keep swimming upstream.
0: So what is one personal habit that you're proud of?
1: To keep my sense of humor. I'm proud of my sense of humor. And, you know, I'm also a comedy writer. I have the book, It's Just My Nonsense. And people always say, well, you know, how can I have a better sense of humor? humor or, or see more of the humor in life and it's really just perspective it's looking at a situation and finding the humor in just everyday life I mean people are funny and the things all of us do and say is hilarious. And that also goes with just being present and paying attention, because if you're not, you'll miss all the funny moments.
0: And what is your morning routine like? What do you do during the first two hours of your day?
1: Well, when I first wake up, actually, I'm a big animal lover. And the first thing I do, I feel my dog next to me, my dog sleeps with me in the bed, and I pet my dog. And I tell my dog, I love my dog, and it really relaxes me. But then I lie there for a few minutes. And I'm I've created this habit where I express gratitude. I feel like, you know, I'm um, moving the energy. Energy is always moving and flowing, and I'm moving it in a more positive way. But it also puts me in the present. It reminds me that I have wonderful things in my life. Like I usually say, you know, I'm grateful for my job, and I'm grateful for my health, and grateful for my animals, and what a beautiful day and there's so many things to be grateful for and you don't have to set your alarm and get up earlier you can do this you know lying in bed you can do this while you're taking a shower brushing your teeth driving to work and again it's just thoughts throughout the day and it just helps you stay in the present and be mindful and then I go downstairs and I have animals and I feed my animals, and it relaxes me. I, you know, I think routines and morning routines help the start of a, you know, lessen stress, and you're not so rushed. And um, I have bunnies, I have a parrot, and I spend a little bit playing with the dogs and, and getting them breakfast, and then I make breakfast, and uh, and then I get ready. For my day, I have a day job, but I try and make sure that my morning routine is relaxed and I'm not stressed and I'm putting the energy forward and I'm thinking about things that I have and I'm envisioning, I'm daydreaming about them going well. And if you don't think that moving the energy forward works, and think of it this way: how many times have you daydreamed about running into someone and you're out shopping or you're out at a party and you just thought, oh my gosh, I was just thinking about you? Or you're thinking about calling someone and you get a text from them or a phone call. Well, that's energy and that's the energy moving and already creating. And that's what I try and do in the morning.
0: So name a book that you'd like to suggest or recommend for our listeners today.
1: Well, if listeners like to hear you know, more about the energy work that I do and energy in all forms, excuse me, your energy is showing. But um, for a book from another author that I loved that I read recently is called Dying to Be Me, and it's by a woman, Anita Morjani, and such an inspiring and heartwarming story. She had stage four lymphoma, and she was near death, actually had a near-death experience, and during her near-death experience, she was actually shown why she had the cancer and why she was dying and she knew that if she came back into her body that she would have a complete remission of her cancer so it's really a story about you know self love and being aware and what i like about it is it also teaches that you know when we're aware and live our life with awareness it shifts our vibration and it shifts the body so being aware can have a great healing effect on our body by raising our consciousness and shifting our vibration
0: so action tribe i know how much you love our book recommendations and i know that many of you purchase these books as soon as you hear them shared on our show and that's exactly why audible.com is offering action tribe that is you one free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so that you can get to check out their service now in case you don't know audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your devices, iPhone, Android or Kindle, including bestsellers like The Chakra System by Anadia Judith, Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda and A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, among so many others. To download your free audiobook right away, go to our website my7chakras.com forward slash free book. Once again, that's my7chakras.com forward slash free book and start listening right away. So Melissa, thank you so much for joining us for today's uh, session. It was so nice chatting with you and learning more about your practice, your background, and the stories that you've uh, come across. Um, Before we end today's session, tell us something that you're grateful for and the best way we can find you online.
1: Well, I'm so grateful for doing this radio show. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure and my honor to be here. And, you know, as I said, I was thinking about writing since 1998, and I thought, gosh, it was my dream to have books and do radio shows and do public speaking. And I'm doing that now, and I'm very grateful for that. And one way that people can find me, my website is www.melissamintz.com, and that's spelled
0: M-E-L-I-S-S-A-M-I-N-T-Z. Wonderful. We'll have that link up in the show notes. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us, talking to us about energy healing and taking us one step closer to a human revolution.
1: Well, my pleasure. Thanks again for having me. This has been uh, so much fun. are listening to my seven chakras go to my download your free gift get inspired and take action transform your life today